we'll edit this part out. Go ahead, take your picture. You can keep talking while I take. Are you going to listen to me? Or just... okay, okay, good point. <laughs> That's it. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> you never listen to me. <laughs> Welcome to Headful of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Fannibal podcast. This is episode nine. I've already messed up. I don't know if it's episode... I think it's episode nine. <laughs> Wait, does it say on the thing? Um, well, I have episode nine in the, um, in the header, notes. and I have episode eight in the notes. <laughs> I think we're episode nine. Nine sounds right. Um Episode nine, where we're covering episode seven of season one, Sorbet. So many numbers. <laughs> but we could say Sorbet. We can sorbet. say Sorbet. 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 So, we're a step up. It's, I think it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I would like to commend anybody who came back after our last time's really long episode, which clocked in at about two hours. Oh, no. A, a gem every moment. <laughs> I don't know. I was listening to an edit and I was laughing. That's what happens when you start out at brunch and then roll into podcasting and then you just keep going mm-hmm. and it's a whole day long thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Whoops. Well, we had to hang out with Heather before she moves. Yeah, that's true. So it was totally worth it. Um, so Jen's here. And speaking of brunch, we just had, uh, I guess you'd call it ham and apple pie. It was so good. <laughs> so, um, And I'll post the recipe. It's based off of a Martha Stewart apple crostata recipe. And at Christmas, I had leftover cheesy pie crust, and I had leftover ham, and I had leftover apples, and I put them all together. And it looks <laughs> – I kept thinking it was pizza, but you can't eat it with your hands because it will fall apart. It's totally but yummy. super good. It's like sweet was there mustard savory. in that at all? Sweet mm-hmm. mustard? I used – you know the Hempsels people at Very uh-huh. Fast? I yep. used their, their stone ground hemp horseradish mustard. That was really good. That kind of put it over the top for me. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I'll post the recipe <laughs> to the basic, um, the basic one, and you can kind of go from there with it. If anybody makes something with it, let us know because <laughs> I could use some more recipes. And in honor of today's episode, we are drinking. What is this, Jen? Pink wine. <laughs> pink. <laughs> pink drink. Pink. Uh, I don't know. It's rosé wine. I never drink rosé, but I thought we would. We'd had. We, we kind of really had to have pink wine for this episode but because it's us uh i put a couple of maraschino cherries in our glasses <laughs> a couple of tablespoons of the the maraschino liqueur there and now it looks in. like red wine mm-hmm. it's still pink wine yeah and i have my whole theory on why they're drinking pink wine anyways excellent so. well we'll get into that <laughs> i also have some like wait what notes for this one i was saying to jim that going into this i wasn't excited about doing like covering this episode it feels it felt mentally like some filler Mm -hmm. um i think because getting to the crux of the tobias storyline feels much more important but then i was watching it and i was much more engaged so i had the exact same reaction Mm -hmm. i was like oh this one nothing really happens in this and then as i watch it i was like that's why it's called sorbet (laughs) oh my god i love this episode everything's i laughed through the whole thing, and then everybody was super flirty through the whole thing. It was fabulous. There was a lot of intense eye contact. Yes! So, um, but first, I was wondering, Jen, do you want to talk about Rogue One at all? Well, we kind of have to, right? Yeah, and I I put this in here, too, because I've been listening to podcasts about Rogue One, so I've been in a very, like, Star Wars 
But you're not a Star Wars person. You're a casual Star Wars fan. Cash. Tourist. <laughs> We're tourists. I, I learned that from the Sherlock fandom this weekend. Yes, that casual. We are casual fans. Yes. You were a mud you were not a casual Star, Star Wars? Wars fan? Um probably no, but compared to some people I know, yes. Hmm. I don't have any Star Wars tattoos, but I do love the universe. And you that's been a lifelong thing for you, right? Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I have a theory that the reason I'm not a huge Star Wars person is because I didn't rewatch it incessantly as a child. Mm. So, because I was right in that age, gra- age group that when Return of the Jedi came out, yeah, I was like right there. Mm-hmm. And Ewoks and the marketing yeah. and all that stuff. And I saw Empire in the theater. Um, and I was saying to Justin, I have no idea where I saw the original Star Wars. It, I was too young to see it in the theater. You might have seen it. I don't think I did see it in the theater, but then I don't remember when I first saw it. I've no. It's always it's always been a part of my life. It's just been there always. Oh. I mean, at some point, I had you know the fake lightsabers, and we would build starships in my basement. So there was that. But yeah, I. So when I saw the Force Awakens mm-hmm. last year, see. <laughs> I was like, well, that was nice. But, and I was totally confounded by everybody else's like right. rabid love of it. Um, so I went into this one with like a, I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it. I mean, I liked it, but I wasn't blown away by it. Mm-hmm. But I like things about it. What lot. kind of things do you like about it? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> like sad wet space I mean, dad. It's sad wet space dad. <laughs> Who I, what I don't like is that stupid, okay, this thing's, remember, spoilers, people, we spoil everything on here. I don't like that whole exposition hologram. What? I mean, the fact that they're like, okay, we need to move shit forward. So here, he's just going to give a speech as a hologram. I didn't, I didn't like its function. I was in tears during the hologram. This is so sad. I wanted it to be like... It didn't even occur to me that he was giving a bunch of exposition. I was more like, oh my god. I had this whole point where I was like, I wish at some point he'd gone down on his knees like he had in the beginning because in his head she's still this little girl. Oh, wow. Because he hasn't seen her since she was a little kid. Yeah, but he knows that she grew up. Yeah, but he probably has to stand up because that's probably how the machine works. (laughs) That's hysterical. Sorry. (laughs) But so that kind of irritated me. Um, I didn't like all the scenes where Bodhi was like trying to find Saw Guerrera mm-hmm. and he's like grabbed by his guys and all. It, they made him like a little, I know he was, it was supposed to be this guy scared, but his bravery in the face of being scared. Right. But he was almost like sort of sniveling, freaked out idiot. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, like there could have been less of that. He could have just been picked up by Saw Guerrera yeah. and been seen and- the tentacle section was terrible. <laughs> I I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I think it could have used... I, I think... Look, I'm biased, right? But I think it was kind of saved by Maz Mikkelsen, his acting. And, oh. Well, and <laughs> like as far as getting the characters to actually mean something to the audience, a lot of it hinged on his emotional like him showing his emotional life in those mm-hmm. few scenes that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's her name? Uh, Jin mm-hmm. didn't really, I didn't really get that much. from. Well, her. if I said, I'm like, 
Jin's whole point to the thing is that she has a dad. Mm-hmm. She has a dad who's real important. Yep. Um, yeah. And so I listened to the Overinvested podcast review, and then I'm listening to the Incomparables. And they uh, they talked about how in the first scene between Galen and Orson Krennic, they're like, they're just doing an amazing job yeah. because you get a backstory without having a backstory. Yeah. they really. Those two carry so much of that damn film in the few scenes that they're in. Like, good for you for hiring some fucking yeah. actors. And then they're, they're <laughs> gold of press tours. <laughs> Which has been a gift. They're clearly in love with each other. It's so cute. Such a gift. Um, so I liked it. I totally was on the uh, Chirrut and... I don't know how to pronounce his name. Chirrut and Bay's ship. Oh, yeah. Which was really interesting to explain to people who normally would have picked up the subtext and Mm -hmm. didn't. And then I was talking um, with a friend on Facebook and somebody commented like, but it's really valuable to show male friendships where it doesn't, you know, like particularly in military movies where it doesn't have to be romantic or physical. It can just be a friendship. I'm like, we've had that. Like we've had so many of those buddy war movies Mm -hmm. that you can give people a little more emotional storyline. Yeah. Um, And the, um, the rec center, uh, which if I'll, I'll link to this, it's, um, a daily or a weekly newsletter that does it. They link to articles about fandom and then they do recommendations for fanfic, but across they, like all fandoms, across all fandoms. Yeah. But this, it was Rogue One and it was that ship mm-hmm. this time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you read them and you're like, emotional gut punch, <laughs> another emotional <laughs> gut punch. That was really sad. Thanks for making everybody live in this one. <laughs> Appreciate it. Needed a little, little lift. Um, but yeah, so I liked it, and I actually didn't remember anything from the beginnings. So, you know, three quarters of the way through, I was like, oh, they're all going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for me, it was like, it, it was about Maz, and then the whole ending with um, with Darth Vader <laughs> was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in a movie, ever. I was just... I love the... God, um, it was I like the Darth great. Vader. I didn't like the Leia... I wish oh, they no. hadn't shown her face. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, yeah, I wish they had taken her out. But the yeah. Darth Vader part was like straight up horror film awesomeness. Somebody, um, I can't who I was reading and did it, but was like, the thing is you could watch that and then dive straight into A New Hope and they just flow. Somebody already that. edited it oh, on really? YouTube. Ooh. Yeah, they took the, and it's not like the part from Rogue One is not good because they clearly filmed it on their phone while they were in the oh, theater. Yeah. But it's that part, and then you see the ship go away, and then they cut right on to the beginning of Star Wars without the um the, the scroll. So right on to the beginning of the ship, and you see the same ship, exact same ship. And it's pretty fucking awesome. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the thing with – and also my – I just didn't – beyond not liking the CGI, mm-hmm. and we saw it after Carrie Fisher passed away, so it's a little oh, jarring, yeah. um, was – they didn't sit on the last word. Right. They just cut. Yeah. And they did that a lot. They did not sit with the um, with the dialogue and let things really sink in. <sighs> yeah. But those I did say, it was one of the most, um, uh, other than the, the 
movie where it came from, but of the term gaslighting, it was a fantastic example of that when Jin is yelling at Cassian about how he was going to, he's, she's like, you're there to kill my father. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's basically like, you're emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was in the movie theater, like, what? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, fucked up. so actually I'd like to see it again. Um, though I felt like the first third or half of it is pretty slow and then it just kind of takes off yeah i'm listening to the audio version of the prequel to rogue Mm -hmm. one now um which is all about um galen and krennic yeah um romance well yeah and it's funny because (laughs) i've read so much fan fiction i'm like listening to it in the car and i'll say one thing just like a little bit sort of off and they're like (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I bet. Uh huh. Um, but the guy who reads reads it, like, when he's reading Galen's stuff, does a little bit of a Dutch accent. It's really funny. <laughs> I was having the moment, like, I'm watching it. I'm like, so is anybody who doesn't obsessively watch all of his stuff going to understand anything he says? <laughs> Aww. I think so. I think it's. I had a trouble when I was first watching Hannibal because I think his accent's gotten a lot less mm. in the year since season one of Hannibal. I don't think it's just me getting used to it. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I've heard some people say that he's he was actually using kicking some Lithuanian accent into Hannibal. Oh, um, but I can't. I don't know them. I wouldn't I can't be able to pick out a Lithuanian mm-hmm. from a Dutch accent. No, Danish. What? Danish accent? Yeah. Oh, you said Dutch. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Which all the Dutch people I've ever met have sounded either like American or Canadian. Really? Yeah, because, uh, and I talked to some people once and they were saying that, that like some of the language schools, that's who it's they're, it's taught by. So mm. some people from Holland, their English will have a like a Canadian Oh my God. accent. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's all one big thing. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm English. I speak a couple <laughs> words of Spanish. Horrible, but true. Terrible. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see it again, but it was wonderful. Oh, yeah, I'll see it again. <laughs> I think, well, probably when it hits the $6 theater up the street. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, I'm in. Um, so do we do we want to talk about sm- small foods? Oh yeah, that we're preparing for small foods. Yeah, yay! You t- what? It, so what is small foods, Jen? You've actually been to it. I've never been. You've never been. I've never been. Small foods um, was started in Baltimore. I don't know how many years ago. Do you know how many years ago, Justin? I'll get back to you on that. Okay, research that, Jackson. Um And it actually started uh, from a group of friends who lived together in an artist housing that's still around uh, the H and H building. And they just got together and did, like, tiny foods as a thing. Uh, and it became very competitive, <laughs> as things sometimes do. Um, and then they started inviting more people, and then they had bands come, and because they have, like, this big artist loft space. So um, it became a, an actual competition where you show up with a small version of food, and then there's judges, and there's different categories you can win. And the winner wins a giant can of mini corn. It's a whole, <laughs> it's not just a can of mini corn. It's a whole trophy built around a 
industrial size. Yeah. A very old one now because they had their 10th anniversary on uh, 2015. Yeah, 10th anniversary. So this will be the 12th. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, one of the founders Dozen is my years. friend Edward. You guys met him. Oh, over yeah. Edward's one of the first. Yeah. One of, yeah. And, uh, I think I'll be judging this year too. Well, they were all, they were saying this time actually that uh, the judging is by like crowd response. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so it totally changed. Yeah, because this year they're gonna change it. It's not at the H and H. They're gonna have it at the um, American Visionary Museum in Baltimore, which is dedicated to sort of outsider art. Um, and every year they have a new theme for their art, and I think this year the changeover is going to be food. So they're doing the tiny foods competition there, and we're going to enter it with a Hannibal theme. <laughs> and we're actually so a, a friend of ours won it last year with um, they based their food off the Women's Industrial Exchange. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was the ladies who won. So it was tiny chicken salads and tiny tomato aspects. Look, aspects delicious, guys. <laughs> you don't think it, but like they had to. They had to, in scaling it down, they also had to scale the texture because when you cut it um, mm-hmm. that small, it didn't hold together the same way it does if it's large. So, yeah, our there's, there's a lot of thinking about scale and taste and presentation yeah. and just absurdity. So, yeah, our friend Barbara is one of the winners, and there is this I mean, the trophy's huge, and it's sitting in her kitchen. And when you win, you win organizing next year's. <laughs> so, we're not looking to win. No, we are not in it to win it. We're coming solidly somewhere. <laughs> I'm in it for fun and mm-hmm. also to preach the good word of Hannibal. Yeah. So a little bit of podcast. Last year I, I entered and I did the little tiny Chicago dogs. Uh, Amy was away on a belly dance retreat. So I had spent the whole weekend trashing in the kitchen, making little miniature buns, <laughs> cooking a hundred little miniature hot dogs, cutting up the onions. I think we... We had this... I had to freeze them. I had yeah. to freeze all the onions he cut. <laughs> yeah, I was away on the same retreat and Amy kept saying, our kitchen is going to be totally trashed when I come home. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we were just... I made a tiny hot dog cart too with the umbrella. Nice. And yeah. There it is. Ta-da! Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, so we, we had a... Uh, a <laughs> A Facebook chat meeting on Friday evening. Jen's like, you're actually going to call me on the phone. I was like, no. <laughs> no Why would we do that? Um, and we were talking about it. So yeah, we have all sorts of plans. and It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, if anybody's seen our Twitter, this is why I was trying, I'm doing the Sanguinaccio Dolce. Sanguinaccio yep. Dolce. Um, I also like that it's on the same weekend as the Behold the Red Dragon Con. Because then I don't have to think about it too yeah. much that I'm not there. Yeah. So if anybody's <laughs> local, it's this. It's the weekend. It's February 25th at the Visionary Arts Museum, and you you I think you have to get tickets ahead of time. But did you pay for them, or you just get a ticket and then you pay so at the door? So if you're a member of the museum, it's free. Um, if you are just uh, if you're a non-participant, it's ten dollars, and then if you're a participant, it's five dollars. There'll be music. And they're selling drinks also. They say, actually eat before you show up because lots of little tiny bites don't go very far. Yeah. And I'm sad in a little way because we'll be busting our asses doing this. So I'm not going to get to like see everything out and try everything else. We can say, you know, Justin's going to go with us, right, Justin? They got my ticket. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we can send Justin you got, reconnaissance. Uh, you guys missions. actually honestly need the help. <laughs> oh, You're yeah. very ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have a little bit of food experience, but not in a really hardcore way. I worked in cafes for years uh, as a barista. So, um, and I said, this is the perfect, like, trigger 
event for me because it's you show up, you're not guaranteed stable space. You're not guaranteed anything. You just show up and you have to have all your stuff and you have to get it out there and be ready. And and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. But we've already started, like, I mean, I was I made the the pudding last night. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Tasty, but very different than what I'm used to. There's a blood kick at the end yeah. of it, which I was not prepared for. You're like, oh, it's tasty, really rich chocolate pudding that's also a little salty and then kind of tangy. Tangy. Copper penny. Yep. So hopefully it works out. We will take lots of pictures (laughs) when we're here to post them. Um, So I had actually taken some notes from last time because I knew it was going to be so long and pushed them to this, uh, which ended up being a good – oh, yeah, thank you. We're refilling. We brought the whole bottle with us this Pink time. Wine. Um, yeah, I didn't realize when I first put these notes down that, oh, it was a relevant episode because I ended up reading, looking up things about Mrs. Com- is it Cometa? How her name is pronounced? Sure. Cometa. I've only ever read it. Well, no, they say it in the- they, they say it at some point. I can't remember. Yeah, I, can't I don't either. remember if they say it in this episode, but she is the woman in red at the opera who goads Hannibal into <laughs> into his uh, dinner party. Who I can't remember the actress's name because I'm a moron, didn't write it down. But she was also in Pushing, Pushing Daisies, Daisies yeah. as one of Chuck's aunts. I love her. I know. What was that? The <laughs> darling, the mermaid. Darling Mermaid Darlings? Is that what they were? Pushing Daisies? Yeah. Which I'm like, Justin, you do water ballet. (laughs) There needs to be a side troupe. Um, But I I took these notes like a month ago and I went on a, you know, Google roundabout. But I was wondering if her name references Christoph Kameda, who is a Polish composer and jazz pianist, who is also a doctor, ear, nose, and throat who worked with Roman Polanski, most notably on Rosemary's Baby. Oh, wow. Um, and there's a quote I pulled from Wikipedia. Christoph was, above all, a constantly searching poet, and he could find ways of individual expression of jazz inside himself in Slavic lyricism and in the traditions of Polish music. He excelled at creating a poetic atmosphere and knew better than many others how to reach wide audiences. Hmm. Also, I wondered if it was a reference to the word comida, which is Spanish for food. You know, with Thomas Harris, it could be all of those things. I don't know if she's in the book. Yeah, she is. She is. She is. I can't remember. It's all blur. I, uh, now I want to double check that, but I'm almost 100% sure she is. But I ended up, there's a, you know, very small bunch of um, fix that mention hers more than in passing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I recommend one called A Reliable Source by Mackenzie Butterschnapps. And the little header description is, Mrs. Kameda gives a candid interview about what she thinks happened to the murder husbands. She's never been afraid to talk about someone behind their backs, and she won't start now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, because she's like, she just has that, like, I know stuff and and I'm not telling everything, but you know, it's the kind of mm-hmm. thing impression I got from this episode is I'm like, Hannibal likes her and she's not going to screw that up. Yeah. He totally seems like he likes her. And so that was my little side character. Yeah. thing. I went and like read everything. There was also a really great short one where she comes to visit him at the Baltimore state hospital. For the oh, really? Life. And the, and it's, 
pretty much said and implied that she had an abusive husband that Hannibal took care of. <laughs> Love it. So the way he, he ties people close to him yes. in different ways. I like when people play off that idea. Well, yeah, and that she's obviously got a lot of money. And so that's one of the w- the ways that he keeps earning more money, money above what a psychiatrist would earn is that he gets it all left to him from oh, elderly rich patients. women. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had another fic recommendation because it was part of the, oh, I can't remember if it was the Hanagram holiday exchange. I think it was uh, Reindeer Games by Magical Destiny, which was written for, how do you say the name of the tree in Norse mythology? Oh, Yggdrasil, I, this is like Yggdrasil, Yggdrasil style, sure, yeah. on Tumblr, Haunted Silence on uh, AO3, which was inspired by our discussion how no one in Baltimore can drive when it snows. So Will's at Hannibal's office for an appointment in season one, and he gets stuck there because of the snow, and they get drunk. I loved this one also because um, <laughs> the one thing about snow in Baltimore is even before it starts snowing... As, as soon as you get the report that it's going to snow like three inches, everything starts shutting down. People are like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. It's going <laughs> to snow. Shelter place. Right. Yeah. Like shelter place. Snow exactly. in two inches tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Like get Destroy your the grocery stores. Right. And, but there's always that one person who is like, no, I'm going to go show up anyways. Or they're like, oh, it's only snowing an inch. Like, you you didn't have to prepare all that. I'm going to go. And that person in this is Franklin. <laughs> Franklin's like, I'm showing up to my appointment anyway. I'll be no. fine at four-wheel drive. <laughs> exactly. Which my mom was an emergency room nurse in Baltimore. And she used to have to be the person mm-hmm. who – actually, I think she had a tr- truck – or an SUV at the time. Well, that's different. Who would be like, I'm going to work. Well, I hope the morons are off the road. Right. Or the National Guard's going to go pick you up and take you to work because they offered that to my mom who just decided to stay. She's also a, a, a My mom may have done that too where she just kept out. That's yeah. different than <laughs> Franklin. Struggling through downtown Baltimore. To get to a therapy appointment. Where there's no damn parking Dude. because they don't plow any of it. Uh, would Hannibal put a chair out? <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> Would he eat those people? No, I'm yes. supporting so, eating the chair people. In, the in Baltimore, there is, and I admit, I participated in this during the snowpocalypse of 2010 because <laughs> there, I mean, there was nothing in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, nowhere to park. And you, if you had dug out your car, you dug it out like four times at that point. And actually, in order to go to work, I had dug out my car and dug out the street to get to the next cross street. But people put chairs, traffic cones, random pieces of furniture in their parking spaces that they dug out. They will do this if there's like an inch of snow. Right. They'll do it preemptively too. Yes. And if you take somebody else's space, you might, as one person saw in their neighborhood, have somebody put a broom through your windshield. Fuck. It's nuts. It is nuts. It is stupid. Panic. Snow. Yes. And if somebody, I mean, of course, Hannibal probably is private parking in his office. Mm -hmm. You know, he has something in his house. Yeah. So he doesn't have to participate in these activities, but I'm sure he would, uh, he wouldn't put up with it. I think it would get on Will's nerves too, and he'd probably go kill someone oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> he'd probably put that fucking chair through their throat. I know. <laughs> when it snows, we need to film this. Yeah. We could Dark just, Will. We could just predict Will's his neighbor house. with a chair. <laughs> which Justin and I live in like the northern suburbs of Baltimore, which some people are like, oh, you moved to the burbs. I was like, we are in the city line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the nice things is 
we park in front of our house and I don't have to think about that anymore. Right. And, and that was the time I'm like, yeah, I'm getting old. There's there's like two houses. For a while, there are two houses on the block that are empty. And the one between, the guy would put out a chair in front of his house, even though there's three, four houses worth of parking. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. He's the only person who lived at his so, home. <laughs> it's so much that like, I have mine, I did this work, so it's mine, and nobody mm. else gets anything instead of the... We all help, do the work. And all we do all the work together. Help your neighbor out. Like, what's the problem with that? And we, we do we do share shoveling duties on our street. Yeah, help and we help out to the older people. Yeah, yeah. and that's push cars out what and you coordinate and yeah. So, <laughs> magical destiny. You obviously had a hot point. <laughs> Bone of contention. Like Franklin. <laughs> Damn it, Franklin. Franklin. Um. Who I alternate between liking and hating. So I actually have a note. I'm going to skip this one because I didn't read up on it. So stuff, I pull things sometimes I see on Reddit or whatever mm-hmm. and drop them into our show notes to look up and discuss. And it's um, something I had read up on when I dropped the note in here on about the, uh, the I think it's the Odyssey Evil God Challenge. And then... F- have it read up in six weeks. So I'll, Let's I'll look put at a that. pin in that. We're going to put a pin in that <laughs> and we're going to talk about it later. Which, oh gosh, that reminds me two podcast things I love have, are falling apart. A lot um, of things are falling apart. Yeah. The uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You mm-hmm. podcast wrapped up, mm-hmm. which, I mean, they had a long run and they are excellent. And I highly recommend looking at their back catalog and both of the podcasters have plans for the future. I um, want to put together a sizzle reel for you that to get you their job. That's they're like not the, they're not continuing the podcast. They're not looking for new hosts. Because I, I think that's it. your ultimate job. Like, let's do research and talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it had to be something different. I mean, I think that was – I think Kristen, that was her baby, Kristen Conger. Mm-hmm. And I think when it was done, it was done. Mm-hmm. She's doing um, the Do Good, do good Dispatch mm-hmm. where she's – um, putting out weekly updates about doing good things, political things and such. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way the world is small, she's, I also worked with her brother-in-law <laughs> and I know her sister. So when I first started listening to that podcast, I'm like, that name's familiar. She looks really familiar. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Um, how long have they been going? Seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're in their early 30s. So, uh-huh. uh, and they talk about how it got longer and more in depth and they really, how they developed as people doing yeah. the podcast. And so that, um, ended. And then Story Wonk, which does Dusted and mm-hmm. We Can Do This All Day, which is a Marvel podcast, mm-hmm. Scott and the Sassanac, which is Outlander, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. The couple who run it are splitting <laughs> Outlander. Up. I know. Don't get me started on that fucking like show. Outlander. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Lonnie and Alistair are getting divorced apparently. Uh-huh. And I'm, Oh, so they're ending the podcast? Well, he said he, I actually he's going to end up staying with Story Wonk, I mm-hmm. think. Lonnie's also an author mm-hmm. and a teacher, but I love their dynamic. Mm. And I have to I have to give them credit. If they were having like issues personally, it did not come through in the podcast, which I'd noticed there had they haven't posted anything since mid-December. Uh-huh. And I went poking around online and was like, oh, crap. It's really funny because one of my favorite podcasts um uh, they also just announced there are a couple and they announced that they're getting a divorce, but they're continuing the podcast. So I'm happy about that part. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure how they said that they have plans, uh-huh. but not sure what they are. But I was, they had such a great rapport as a couple and as podcasters. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a quality snob and they 
do really great job. I think Alistair does all the editing. Mm. So, I mean, I was sad, like, I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, my cooking companions <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it'll, I, you know, hopefully it works out the best for everybody. But I'm going to miss them. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to announce our divorce next. Yes. <laughs> I'm divorcing you, Jenny, even though we're never married. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's all the pre-notes I had. So we can get into our episode discussion. I loved this episode so much. I know. Now Surprise it's one love. of my favorites. I know. I had no which, memory of it. Which it's made me, I actually just this week, I don't know if some people are doing a rewatch on it, but saw a bunch of gift sets from it. Hmm. And as I'm watching it, I was like, I hadn't really been thinking much about it. But then I constantly see gift sets with survey referenced you know when people put the little wrap up well so i knew like when i saw the scenes because it's been a while since i rewatched season one when i saw the scenes i was like oh yeah this is one of my favorite scenes <laughs> but i didn't realize it was from this episode for some reason because it's hard to remember this episode because nothing super dramatic happens yeah. but that's the reason why it's called sorbet i think sometimes when you really see when you see the really dramatic chesapeake ripper mm-hmm tableaus mm. that is a very visual like lock-in mm. it's like oh or um yeah big confrontations right because even the the so for season one you know the murder of the week and you then you see will reenact it he doesn't really reenact it he gets to the point where he's like Sorry, I was. I should. I should have just stopped and What's said. Going on? I was like, Justin, you should take a picture. <laughs> I put my phone in the other room because he's charging. Oh wait, I have a phone. I'll okay. take a picture. Okay, Jen, sorry, I interrupted you for this totally pointless thing. <laughs> we'll edit this part out. Go ahead, take your picture. You can keep talking while I take. A picture. Are you going to listen to me or just? <laughs> okay, <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's it. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> you never listen to me. <laughs> You probably have the better perspective. Oh, you need to put your glass back down, Jen. She's like, no, I'm ruining your picture. You have to you have to grab the uh, album art opportunities when they when happen. They happen. Um, no, but what I was saying was that even the reenactment by Will... Um, <laughs> I'm like, give me my phone. <laughs> like, yeah. The reenactment by Will. <laughs> Isn't that dramatic because it ends up that he's trying to save the guy's life. So it's not like this huge. Oh, it's like he's putting himself in the place, but it's not like it's not as scary because it's this person who's who's <laughs> like, I don't know why my phone is deciding to make such a dramatic picture taking noises. Um because it doesn't come he doesn't have like all that anger and right and hatred that usually comes from yeah so the whole episode even the parts that you that they're like plugging in because you expect it every episode in season one aren't as um intense so i I guess that's why i didn't remember it i don't know but but i'm glad i watched it yeah i laughed through the whole thing (laughs) It's kind of funny. <laughs> so I had a note here. I think this is the first time that this is when Will first, or maybe only time, uses Sounder and mm-hmm. talks about the idea mm-hmm. of pigs. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's the first time you get that direct, like link or explicit like that. We're talking about 
the Chesapeake Ripper attitude towards the people he's killing. Right. Well, and then the episode after this is where we really, oh no, okay. So we've already seen Hannibal kind of like go after Miriam last, right? Mm -hmm. That was last time. Yeah. And then you really see like his violent side come out in the next episode when he goes after Tobias. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this is like a hint of that other side of Hannibal. (laughs) The non-person sued Hannibal. Oh, and this was Hannibal. He was like, la, 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 (laughs) (laughs) have a party. (laughs) Like he was very light in some ways mm-hmm. um i here's a question i kind of had so will is lecturing his class and he's showing stuff about the chesapeake ripper and he there's in the slides he flashes on the wound man diagram mm-hmm. when talking about the chesapeake rippers murders i had a question about that too because i didn't know anybody had made that connection but miriam lasts Right? No, 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 because when they have Abel Gideon, they talk about how he killed the nurse mm-hmm. and replicated the wound man. Oh, okay. So at thing. some point they did. But in there, it's pointed out that Abel Gideon wouldn't have known about that because it wasn't public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Chilton may have fed it to him because he had consulted on the case. Mm-hmm. But it made me wonder, like, is this something that trainees would be told or was that something re- so relevant to an ongoing investigation that it would not be revealed that way? It made me wonder about like what they tell the trainees because already Jack's gotten one trainee disappeared by giving getting her on right. involved. I would, I mean, from the show's perspective, it seems like they tell them everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like in real life. Mm-hmm. We would have to find a somebody that particularly went to an ongoing FBI investigations. School. Yeah, you you'd think no, but I don't know. Maybe Will's just like fuck it. I'm gonna Whatever. tell her. Um, I did like how he called, like, he was talking about, you know, the Sounders and talking about the Ripper and how he was consistently theatrical, <laughs> which made me giggle so hard. It's like, that's such a code word for queer. It's like, oh, we had that uncle, you know, he never married. He was consistently theatrical. <laughs> we never saw him fancy a woman. Be your other code word. He's <laughs> super fancy. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I know. Now I see, see people taking it and cutting all that stuff together and making a rom com about your gay uncle. <laughs> like one of those like fake trailers. <laughs> I love I forgot who it was who was doing the um the like Oh the posters? The rom com Somebody on Tumblr is doing Hannibal rom com posters. I might have already great. linked it and forgotten about it. They're all like Will like cuddling his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Animals serving food. It was fabulous. Um, yeah, but then it was my question. I'm also like, why is Will telling the students about Miriam? Well, yeah, I mean, it's an active case. Yeah. So I guess what the premise of the show, and I don't know, again, if this is like real FBI school or what, is like, hey, you guys are going to know everything too. So if you've got any info or mm-hmm. any input, give it to me. I could understand. Get it out there because you never know who's going to show up with a good <laughs> idea. <clears throat> Clarice Starling. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so then the next scene is the opera, the weird vocal cord pull out. Oh, was the, oh God. God. <laughs> um, who I think the actor, uh, actually, it's not an actress. It's an actual singer who played, who oh, really? was the, I think it's an actual person because somebody on Reddit or Tumblr like linked to other videos of hers or something. Hmm. Um, I think she might be one of the 
I think she's one of the dinner party guests at the end. Oh. Yeah, when he looks to one side and he looks to the other. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but uh, first I gotta say, I love that dress. God, I love that dress. Oh, that dress would look really good on you. Thanks. Yeah. It the reminded gold? me of, um, of Gwendolyn Christie's dresses for, mm-hmm. I think, the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. like, premiere. Yeah. God, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal headcanon of Baltimore, that's like the Walters or the BMA courtyards. Yeah, it's got to be. Although the architecture, wherever they film that, is fucking amazing with the, the, the big ceiling wave, thing, yeah. wave that comes down the middle of the audience. That was yes, awesome. But it reminds so <laughs> I worked for this really weird company, and my boss had a lot of money. And so he would do our Christmas parties. We had a couple at the Walters and a couple at the BMA. And I think it was particularly at the Walters Art Gallery. It was in this courtyard space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they set up tables and there was like, he had a big band, jazz band. And I think that's the time there was the raw bar and there was bar. It was nice nuts. Um, and so that's very much what it reminded me mm-hmm. of. Also, I don't know if the Peabody has any spaces like that. But well, the might. wood part too kind of reminded me of the Meyerhoff, but mm-hmm. but it's obviously it's like chairs fancier. are set up. Yeah. And I had just so I knew to look for this. I had just seen this on Tumblr. Somebody pointed out that the red banners down the side—it's a hunger, hunger relief. relief. <laughs> I never noticed. Yeah, well, they they were um, auctioning those banners off. Uh, yeah, somebody oh. has them because they were part of the season three um, auction. The hunger oh. relief banners. <laughs> See, this is the funniest episode it ever. It is funny. <laughs> it just gets better and better. So, um, then they had Mrs. Kometa, and like I said, I love their, like, set. I mean, she's all like, rare, and he's yes. like, Mruh. right back at her. And it's, but he, you can very much see that performative Hannibal, because yeah. he's so aware that all eyes are on him. Yes. And he plays it so well. Like, he's in control of, like, everybody in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And when Franklin comes up and is so completely awkward, it's like, well, actually, he's my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh nobody needs to know that. <laughs> but it also made me wonder, because Hannibal looks so relaxed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Q Moss and his crying on just whatever needed well that yeah so right before the conversation when the opera's still going and he's clearly completely emotionally like involved yeah. in the opera ness of it all i was yeah i was like if, if i ever get a chance to ask him beyond asking him about hugo <laughs> i'm also to be like so what do you think about when you do that like sad scenarios or is it just a physical know, thing you can do yeah i mean you can, it's just like his whole entire body it goes into like this complete sadness yes it's beautiful it is um but he also seemed in a way a little more relaxed um and i wonder if if in a sense it's also like he's doing something he really enjoys he's in a place he really enjoys he's playing a role he's really good at mm-hmm. he seems no less in control than usual but a little more relaxed yeah which I liked, but I loved the back and forth between them. And, and it always makes me laugh. The Baltimore high society, <laughs> the five people in Baltimore. It's there, but they're in the County. They are. They the live county. in the County and come into Baltimore for their, no, movies. they live, oh, yeah. they live around where <laughs> they live is, oh, I can't think of the neighborhood. They live around Hopkins mm. and some Bolton Hill. And Roland Park. Roland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some people still live in Mount Vernon and all if they have a really nice place. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it just makes me, it always makes yeah, me laugh to think much. of Baltimore High Society. Baltimore High Society. So, and then, and to, and so then, but the, the comparison between Hannibal and Tobias, because mm-hmm. Tobias is like ramrod straight. Yeah. He is not concealing and he's obviously sizing Hannibal up. He's obviously uncomfortable. Uh huh. And it's such a contrast yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. And I'm always like, people do not hold shit back around Hannibal that they really should keep under wraps. <laughs> I noted this later somewhere, but. Um, and I was wondering, because you can see Hannibal sizing him up. So I wondered what it was that Hannibal was seeing. Well, he's got super powers. <laughs> super psychic cannibal super powers. Super psychic killer Hannibal powers. He's like, I can see your killer aura. <laughs> it's turbulent. <laughs> um, and then we finally get into the murder of the week. Which, uh, oh yeah. yeah. So the, they go into the hotel room. Well, first tub. it's, it's, Jack, pick, you know, picks up Will. <laughs> Jack drives from wherever he lives to Wolf Trap to pick up Will, I guess, to drive to wherever they're supposed to be. Well, that's the other funny Baltimore. part about this episode is there's lots of driving from place to place. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It doesn't take very long. <laughs> um, and Will talks about having to wrap his head around the Chesapeake Ripper. Mm. Um, and it was just <laughs> like, I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> so cute they like they love each other and they don't even know it yet though <laughs> uh, but they did talk about if hannibal they wonder if he was impressed by miriam that she found him mm-hmm. which i think yes and then i had a question so there's a, they talk about there's being a two-year gap between the last time the chesapeake rippers been actively obvious mm-hmm. so i was like did hannibal just freeze enough with his vacuum sealer that he hasn't killed anybody or has he just not been theatrically Probably not people. theatrically. Um, and I am of the opinion that he doesn't eat people all the time. Same here. Yeah. So he just doesn't eat people all the time. I think that too. Yeah. I think first off, it wouldn't be practical. What was the, do you remember what Will said as far as the, the pattern is sounders of three? Yes. And then how many years apart? It had been two years at that point. Okay. That they get tended, but I don't know if that was consistent. Oh, okay. I was just wondering if it had something to do with like the original trauma. Well, I don't know, but then they talk about so he obviously picks up. Mm-hmm. Well, we know he did what's her face in, in episode one, mm-hmm. but that's not linked to Chesapeake Ripper, the copycat murder. Right. So. Mrs. Komeda's like, you haven't had a dinner party. Yeah, in a ages. long time. Yeah, and then he is doing this. So you kind of get the idea that there's been this gap, but maybe he, you know, they said it's been two years, so he might have stopped at that point because if Miriam was already on his tail, mm-hmm. he might have thought, I got to stop before right. somebody else shows up. Yeah, so the only reason he's killed is for Will mm-hmm. up until now mm-hmm. as gifts for Will. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so sweet it is so sweet so, so yeah and then they go to this crazy ass hotel room and i just have a note i said green paint intestines slash malachite uh so you still have not seen the shining 
Not Amy, all of it. Not all of it. This is from The Shining. I that's I was I yeah. knew the I knew it was from a movie, but I can't yeah. remember it. Yeah, yeah. This that, room is from The Shining. I should see that it was teenage makeout session when I watched The Shining. I know so you I gotta stop making shit. out with people all Sorry. the time. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> during 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 horror movies. <laughs> twenty years ago. Oh God! I wish it was twenty years ago. It was longer than that. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's um, it's definitely lifted straight mm. from The Shining. Okay, I was yeah. going to ask what movie it was, mm. but also the it reminded me of the circles you get in slabs of malachite. Oh yeah, it's malachite. Is that what it is in the show, in the movie? Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. And, it looked, it looked and but like they twisted malachite. them all, which gives them that intestinal look. Yeah, it's fucked up mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. Up. I'm also not crazy about that color green. Oh, the emerald. Yeah, that's not really my thing. Yeah. Um. But I point out they're back to the pendulum mm-hmm. and the very like, and I wonder in a way, like, because remember I was saying last time he starts to embody, like he physically embodies reenactments. Mm-hmm. He starts to, but this time it's more like how he started out. And I wonder if it's because it's not a, an intentional color. Oh, yeah. It's hmm. so he's kind of taken out because it gets like he starts to get more and more sucked into yeah. his reenactments. Yeah. Um. Oh, but I like the line, I take his heart in my hands. Mm. I was like, oh, so romantic. <laughs> love, true love. <laughs> I, I have just, this is obviously the point where I got really into watching it because my notes get much shorter. Um, the whole Will Zeller in the. In oh, the yeah. I love this one. Had, this, this episode had good sassy science. It yes. had amazing capable dev. Yes. And it had great Zeller and Price. Yep. Back and forth. Totally. I just like how Scott Thompson, whenever he's delivering anything, he's like, <laughs> I've got an excellent line. <laughs> I'm going to deliver the shit out of it. I love him because I can't help but associate it with his character, Buddy Cole. Like every line that he delivers, there's just a little bit of like that sassy queeniness to mm-hmm. it. Like, fuck all of you straight, ridiculous <laughs> people I have to deal with. <laughs> Not that there's many straight people on the show, but still, it's just got that, like, buddy cold yeah. kind of like, oh my god. god. <laughs> so over all of us. Um, I just got these, I have, like, um, oh, they're talking about this not not ripper the not ripper mm-hmm. the organ harvester um and talking about it doesn't have the rippers mocking and then there's the line you want me to jack up the law and get underneath it or he or will you jack up the law and get underneath it that's will talking to jack about oh, i'm so glad you you brought this up okay. and you remembered this because okay we're gonna jump have to jump ahead for a moment to the very go, end go ahead. um but the whole thing about jack killing Hannibal killing the Chesapeake Ripper. So I always thought like Jack would want to catch him. And this is the first time you hear Jack say, no, I want to kill the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like that to me, I didn't remember him saying that in this episode. I just remembered at the end of season three where he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, and then I'm going to kill him. And it felt really shocking to me. I was like, wait a minute, you're going to kill him. That doesn't seem like an FBI director kind mm-hmm. of thing to do. Like if you're Jack Crawford, you're going to like put him in jail forever. Yeah. But Come to find out, he had this plan kind of from the very beginning. Well, and it's kind of starts to show. I mean, I think it's another step in Jack walks that fine line. Yeah, I mean, he'll put a trainee to do stuff. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He'll put Will at danger. He'll kill somebody before he'll 
think about putting them behind bars if that's what gets the yeah. job. And it's like he puts his personal investment into things too much, mm-hmm. which makes him in a way unsuitable for the job, which is why I fucking hate Kate Purnell in season two. But oh, yeah. she, I mean, she's a by the book. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. As oh, much God. as there is a book. God, I hate her. <laughs> um, so the whole thing with Franklin and Hannibal first scene, and I'm like, Hannibal, I said, Hannibal is so straightforward, but he's so gracious. He just puts it out there. He says stuff, but he's so, like, he's not nice about it, Mm-mm. but it's, it's, he's so gracious about it that it's like, you can't take offense for him basically being like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> I don't know how he got through that scene with a straight face. The Michael Jackson thing. Oh my God. So, side note, that reminds me. (laughs) Just I used to live in Hamden, and Mm -hmm. we had a neighbor, well, before Justin lived there, actually, or right after you moved in, who lived next door, and I'm not giving her name, Justin. (laughs) Um, Can't give her a nickname? No. Okay. No. Next door neighbor who, um, she... She had mental health issues. Okay. Possibly, Mm -hmm. maybe schizophrenia. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she would tell us about her stories about how she was friends with Michael Jackson. Oh wow! She was she was friends with Madonna. She had an affair with the Queen of England. Yep. She wow. said that she had met John Waters at a bar down the street, and he wanted to put her in a movie or make a movie about her life. That's totally plausible. Totally, yeah, that because John Waters I does that go happened. to the dive bars and yeah, the dive bar down the street from where we live, which is no longer a dive bar because yeah. Hamden's super popular. Um. But it just like it, why would she know John Waters? <laughs> like why wouldn't she? Why wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we think she might have had a thing for me because she would periodically leave me food. Oh, a plate of spaghetti on it's a, it was one of the vintage McDonald's plates. No, 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 no. You're confusing things. She she left me like a spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and everything uh-huh. like slid into a plastic Ziploc bag. Wow. And then her her roommate worked at McDonald's and would bring home like food at the end of the shift and she'd leave it for me. No, you had the the vintage plate. No, I just had a McDonald's plate. That was yours. Yeah, no, okay. I have a McDonald's plate from when I was a kid. <laughs> so I remember those. Um, it's our personal stash. But so it was like I was. It was always very awkward. Mm-hmm. Like there was looking out the door before I left. That like I never oh. felt like in fear, but it was just I. I'm I don't want to talk to the crazy. I'm an right, avoider. I'm an right, avoider. Right. Um, anyway, so the, McD- the Michael Jackson being my friend, mm-hmm. which of the, the note I had was God Franklin always fucking thinks about himself. <laughs> He's not thinking about he's he's thinking about it's sad that Michael Jackson died because I'll never get to know him. I'll never get to know him and I could have helped him and he wouldn't be alive (laughs) if I was his friend. I just the line so like after hearing that ridiculous story, Hannibal's like, so in this fantasy that you have of Michael Jackson, like you bitch, you're so great. I know, I know. But it's yeah, I was like, um, my notes here say things like, Franklin is so pathetic and Hannibal just lets him stew in it. Yes. He just, Franklin says this dumb shit and Hannibal's like, hmm. <laughs> you can't hear yourself <laughs> saying this dumb shit. And then also, and then because he is a reflection of Hannibal, you're like, Hannibal, you're being pathetic. I know. It's, well, that's the best. So you get this horrible path- pathetic scene that's like embarrassing to watch almost. And then Hannibal shows up at Bedelia's place, and it's, it's just a like pathetic mess. A pathetic mess. Well, and I had one thing I really noticed here was where Hannibal's like, "You see me as a source of stability. Mm-hmm. I'm not a friend." Mm-hmm. Where then Hannibal's all like, "Well, I'm going to be your but paddle and your friend. And your friend. <laughs> friend. Can I be that?" 
heart eyes. Well, yeah, and, and at Bedelia's, he's like, so what, you know, what are we? Aren't we friends? Don't we have? She's like, no, I'm your colleague. Yeah. And I, and you wouldn't let me retire. So I'm your yeah. psychiatrist. Well, and this is another note of like, oh my God, like people say shit to Hannibal. And I'm like, uh, you're either stupid or brave. Cause yeah. she's like, uh, you have a person suit, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. it reminds me where Abigail, when she's like, basically puts herself in line with the devil she's mm-hmm. like you're the man on the phone and i'm like why are you fucking saying well but that? they don't know they don't know what the audience knows yeah, yeah. So we're like, but oh, abigail did that? like at that point abigail had figured it out and she says to hannibal she's like you're the man on the phone well she figured out that he made the phone call she didn't figure out the depths mm. of who he was as a serial killer I well don't but hadn't oh but she might not know that at the point will was like the man on the phone is the copycat yeah i don't know if she figured it out i'll have to go back yeah. and watch it <laughs> but I mean, you know, like Bedelia saying this stuff to him, and I'm all like, "Stop, stop talking." <laughs> but oh, she's so it. great because her role consistently, whether she's like really high camp later on in the later seasons or now, is to call out people on stuff and say shit that nobody else will say. Mm-hmm. You know, right up into the point where she's like, "Uh, you know, you guys are a couple, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from that, the rest of us going know. all the way back till now she's just like no this is how it is you're a fucking you're in a person suit and you're a liar i don't know what's underneath but it's mm-hmm. scary or maybe she does i don't know and here's what i am to you boom boom but not this mm-hmm. um and that's why i love bedelia so much because she's just like in this world of everything's fluid and changing and hannibal is this great person at the opera who's super charming and also he's the serial killer and you know every everything in that show is so fluid and bedelia is consistently like calling people on their shit for what they really are i love that about her <laughs> pathetic twitchy little man yeah oh, God, that was good i don't want to say that shit to people <laughs> um she's just like i just poured out the <laughs> And spilling tea. That's what Bedelia does. (laughs) I just poured out the last of the bottle of wine for me and Jen, in case you can't tell. So I had... Okay, so I noticed this. Mm -hmm. So when Hannibal and Franklin are in his office, Hannibal's wearing a dark, I think maybe pinstripe suit Uh with a dark red shirt. And that super shiny shirt. Yeah. And it's like... I was like, hello, mob boss. What's going on? And like this dark red and like something paisley. Yeah tie and Uh then a red pocket square that's got light pattern to Mm -hmm. it it's implied from the filming that the next scene is at bedelia's office Mm -hmm. maybe like the next day or something and he's Mm -hmm. wearing brown he's wearing one of his very toned down plaid suits and a brown shirt Mm -hmm. then there's the scene will shows up Mm -hmm. and he's back in the suit he's wearing talking about how he just franklin had wine with his right how he had just had but he's Therapist. drinking wine by himself, which makes me think I'm like, was his entire conversation with Bedelia imagined? Or is no. he reflecting on an earlier? I thought it was just a continuity error kind of thing. Continuity, uh, it, continuity be- error, yeah. Because he, yeah, he talks about drinking wine with, how oh, I can't see that being a continuity. So I think it careful. is. I'm pretty sure I remember reading something about how they screwed that up and they meant oh. to film it. In his office, but they filmed it somewhere else, and there was some reason why they had to do it that way. And then they're like, well, shit, we fucked up. 
And then, like, they never went back and fixed it. And then I had wondered, I was like, maybe he's going over a previous conversation in his head with Bedelia. And no, yeah, because I was. I think it was meant to be in order, timeline wise, but then they screwed up the set as far as where it was supposed to be. Because oh. I was I like, I have to go back and see, but I'm pretty sure I read Is that in, is read, or do you think it's in the commentary? For the episode? Maybe. I can break out my new Blu-ray set oh, and look it up. I might have to watch the commentary. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, uh, yeah. But I think that's why. But it is. It's weird when you think about it. You're like, what? I like what? my idea better. What? I like your idea better, <laughs> too. imagine the whole thing. But it's a great progression of Hannibal and Franklin. And then Hannibal being pathetic with his own psychiatrist. Yeah. And then you get Hannibal and Will. And Hannibal's the one who asks the question, so, is this, like, are am I your psychiatrist? Am I your friend? <laughs> I was like, yes. And Will says, yes. <laughs> am I your boyfriend? <laughs> Will's like, yes, all of it. Be everything to me. Because Will's response to everything, every hard question is either not to answer at all or just to be very ambiguous yes. and say yes. Yes. Um, when, oh, which is why they're drinking rosé. Because it's like this ambiguous thing. It's not red and it's not white. It's a blend of like everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Hannibal doesn't seem like a a, right a pink wine drinker. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So then I had they're talking about Will's talking about his idea behind the newest murders mm-hmm. and i had an had i don't think this is what happened but i was like oh maybe hannibal hasn't had to hunt anybody because he's actually been setting up a fake organ harvesting ring <laughs> but i mean that would be his sort of thing be like i you know if he totally set up some fake organ harvesting but he's not actually transfer you know nobody's buying them he's just <laughs> vacuum sealing and freezing them <laughs> Um, and because then there's that weird black and white flashback to the doctor about the, in, do you have an infection and something yeah. and something, which was really weird. And it's in Hannibal's kitchen. Yeah. What was that about? I, I, I was going to ask you because I was watching it last night. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't particularly understand what's going on here. And Yeah, because he did. Well, it made me, you know what it reminded me of very much Mm. in sort of a thematic way Mm -hmm. is um, people with HIV asking Mm -hmm. people, you have something, an illness, what else is going on? Right. That's, that's actually the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's in black and white. So it seems like a flashback. Mm -hmm. He talks about like, he, the doctor's obviously there for something. I thought he was part of an insurance adjuster thing. Oh, maybe that's it. That's what I think. That's what I think that conversation was about. So he's like doing a physical for insurance purposes. Just really weird. It was in Hannibal's kitchen. Because I was like, it's not. No, there's wine bottles in the background. <laughs> the whole thing was very strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I thought. Because then he was like, well, because if you if we find anything, you might as well tell me now because the like the insurance adjuster is going to change things oh, if we that's find something. And that was the thing. Like it very much reminded me of like, yeah, medical disclosure. Right. Particularly around. 
Yeah, but I think for Hannibal, it was just like, well, you just took all of my vital information and samples of my blood, so now I'm going to have to get rid of you. Oh, and see, I took it more as like the guy was just an asshole. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> he yeah. was just, which I actually, somebody linked it on Tumblr. I read a very short fan fiction where, um, going on the idea that Will has face blindness and he starts, you know, sort of an AU thing. And Jack brings in Hannibal, who <laughs> Will refers to as Dr. Asshole. <laughs> Except that, like, in the at the very beginning, Hannibal gives him a pair of mittens because he's inappropriately dressed. Will's inappropriately dressed for the weather, so uh-huh. he also calls him the Mitten Man. <laughs> but in my head, I thought I thought a better name would be Doctor Suit, Doctor, <laughs> which makes me think of Doctor Teeth from Oh the Muppets. Weird. <laughs> um, it was funny, but I like that Doctor Asshole. And Hannibal's like, sure, whatever, <laughs> call me whatever you will, Will. Call me whatever you want. Sit on all my furniture. Um, I have no idea what my notes are. Night of his appointment with Will gets the guy and and rude doctor. He kills him. Right. (laughs) And I have a note. No murder suit. Oh, yeah. No murder suit. Yeah, he just shows up and... I guess it's, a th- it's like, did he save that guy? He must have saved that guy's information for later. Well, because he's having the dinner party. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I need a whole guy. But they, it's funny because they disconnect that from when he's like doing his Rolodex shopping later, mm-hmm. which is all like, it's a whole montage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, I have Go Price, Ripper discussed his organ harvester. Oh, yeah. Um then my notes get really short. Playful kitchen scene, dinner party prep. <laughs> it is a very like jaunty thing. He's like, let me flip through my Rolodex. Go kill somebody. Flip through my Rolodex. And then, uh, okay. And then is it, is it the scene where Will shows up to the dinner party? Is that right after they show this whole montage of him flipping through his Rolodex? And I like the different accent, the different ways he closes mm-hmm. his recipe box mm-hmm. somebody had actually recently done a gift set of that and oh, you could I saw watch that. each one yeah. and he, like some of me kind of flicks it shut and some he sets it down yeah. the i remember the brains when he's he closes it very slowly <laughs> <laughs> um but it, no it hasn't gotten to the wine part yet because it's all oh. weird cheese folk <laughs> i see we are both cheese folk which I was thinking, where in Baltimore that we don't have any cheese shops like that. Not really, no. There's the people in um, Federal Hill Cross Street Market. Mm-hmm. It's like Whole Foods, I think, has our best. I mean, there's yeah. Eddie's, the Eddie's of various places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's a whole. And Wine Source has a good cheese selection, but there's no cheese. I say shop. wine sources are cheese. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what this means. We have to open up a cheese place called Cheese Folk. <laughs> and everybody's named Jose. Can that be at our house or at yeah. the, um, the other new market that we just opened? Where only we get the joke. <laughs> worth it. Because totally, cheese. Totally worth it. I tell all our, all our employees when people walk in, tell them your name. You have Jose. to say, I see we are Cheese Folk. <laughs> Poor teenager has to work for us. <laughs> I can just see kids be like, oh. I see where she's from. Um, and he said the thing where he's like, I saw you at, you know, at the 
Jose's oh, cheese shop. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if there was a cheese shop in Baltimore, it would be so small that it would be one room and you would know if somebody else was in there. Right. It would be a giant cheese shop where you could hide behind a thing and yeah. stalk Hannibal. Yeah. From, no. Yeah. no. And they're like, the city is small. So for people who aren't in Baltimore, <laughs> the other name for Baltimore is Smalltimore. Yeah. Because it it is a it's a big town. I mean, it's a it's a big little town. Yeah, you could definitely stalk someone. Oh. You could stalk your psychiatrist if you wanted, but yeah. you'd have to be more on the down low about it than Franklin ever yeah. could possibly no. muster. Yeah, if you break up with somebody in the city, it's kind of good to like try to make it <laughs> civil because you're gonna see them or move to another county. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, where would you go to get? You? I mean, it's Whole Foods. You could totally stalk somebody at Whole Foods. Oh yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe wine wine source is an excellent liquor store mm-hmm. uh, with a. And it cheese. does have some blind corners. It does have That's some blind true. corners, and they sell. They also sell good cheese and meat. Right, I'm and thinking we should platters. do this MythBusters style. How <laughs> in? In that we set up an experiment. <laughs> so I'm we gonna stalk con- you. At well, wine we have source. to find the control cheese shop, <laughs> control and then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay. So it's canon to me now that they were at the wine source. I think. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Canon. Stamp it. It's probably Franklin shows up for one of the like Friday afternoon wine tasting things and Hannibal shows up and they have a parking lot. So Hannibal would go because he's enough to parallel park in the Bentley. Um, Sponsored by Hannibal. (laughs) Hannibal. Sponsored by Wine Source. Oh, that would be amazing. (laughs) Can we get their sponsorship? Oh my God. We do. I would talk about their selection and their wine and talk about pairings. We we could do at least 45 minutes every episode on this. I know. I think we we should contact them at this point. I think we'd have to have more than like the 20 some listeners that we have. (laughs) Who have a whole 40 to 80, I think. I think like four of them are in Baltimore. Um, 10%. (laughs) Shop at the Wine Source. We see you are cheese. We're going to hit Twitter with this now. Yeah. <laughs> God. I have a note. This is Hannibal does not realize how he is Hannibal. What does that mean, Amy? I have no idea. Oh I don't God. even remember the rest of the cheese folk discussion. Other than it's just like a big pile of Franklin being. Oh, wait. No, I think I meant to write Hannibal does not realize how he is Franklin. I think that's oh, what I Oh, yeah, no, he that. doesn't realize how he's Franklin. And I think this is also the scene where Franklin says, it's just really horrible that I have to pay you mm. to hang out with you since we're clearly friends. <laughs> like, wow. I know. And I guess, you know, Will or Hannibal feels superior because he's not paying Will. Will's not paying anything because they're not having official appointments. They're just having conversations. I know. And in a way, in a horrible, fucked up, boundaryless way, um, this whole episode of comparing all the different... um uh psych uh therapy scenes um will and hannibal have the most sort of fluid amorphous friendshipy kind of thing that everybody else is striving for Mm -hmm. so hannibal's striving for it with bedelia franklin's striving for it with hannibal but it's all awkward and awful Mm -hmm. and then hannibal and will it's like perfect but because everybody else <laughs> is the shadow on the wall of the cave, and Will and Hannibal <gasps> are the true. <laughs> really, <laughs> beautiful. Anyway, let's I, go on. I just, I just pulled out some bullshit college. Sounds stuff. perfect. Thanks. Sounds perfect. Um. So there is. Oh, it's it's the ultra pathetic Hannibal scene when Will doesn't show up. For 
apartment. Oh my god, this is the best. Okay, this is the best. This is why I love this episode. I love this episode for a lot of reasons, but I so love it for this because Hannibal's just like looks at his phone. He's like a, he's like a puppy. He's like, murr, murr. did he call? Did I miss the call? Oh no, I called. Is it the right time? Oh my god, let me look at the book. He's in the book. Let me straighten shit on my desk. Let me open the door. Oh no, he's not there. Well, the, so I think Will's appointment is at seven thirty. Yeah, so that's the thing. They actually do the time kind of right because. 7.30, Will doesn't show up. So I guess we're assuming right at 7.30, Hannibal's like doing all this yeah. stuff, checking his phone, checking the thing, looking in the dark corners where <laughs> Will's not hiding <laughs> on <up laughs> the rafters somewhere. <laughs> um, and then immediately gets in his car, doesn't call Will. Immediately Takes an hour and 15 car, minutes to get to Quantico. Drives an hour because Will says when he gets there, that it's like 9.30. Yeah. So it actually makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So it drives an hour and a half in his car to go find Will. Doesn't bother call him. No. Just rolls on out there. Just like, bitch, I'm coming to get you. You didn't show up. Like, this is so cute. I don't want to be like, Will, <laughs> I think he likes you, likes you. <laughs> like, likes you, likes you, likes you. Oh, Mom Cat has joined the podcast Aww. today. Um but that and so I so I went I was looking for the a breakdown of the music per scene. Mm-hmm. I found a Tumblr that actually had the wrong music attributed hmm. to some of the scenes. But then I I fe- it I looked at a couple and it's the uh, Requiem Mass in D minor lacrimosa, which mm-hmm. means weeping. Aww. Is the music and I love because I was like, oh, I love this music because I've been listening yeah. to the Devil's Orchestra. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. And then there's another um, classical music used during his cooking scene later on that I really liked. I was going to write that one down and I yeah. forgot. That is, um, is it Vivaldi? If it's the really jaunty one, it might be the Faust. Okay, Golden Calf. Yeah, I like that da, one. Da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> which I found a. A video online of a production of that where the golden calf heads mm-hmm. eyes ro- like flip through like you're doing um uh if you're at Vegas doing the what are the machines oh, yeah the uh-huh. what are they called the one machines? arm bandits slot yeah machine is yeah the, the slot machines where they're where they go through mm-hmm. but it's like that wow yeah it was crazy um so uh then I would say there's Bev. Mm-hmm. being awesome mm-hmm. smart lady where she's like yeah i can totally look at the gps thing on that figure out where this truck this mm-hmm. thing. i was like oh, you go and the fact that that jack is like yes you are amazing go mm-hmm. do that amazing thing um and i watched this really late last night so my notes <laughs> got real sparse at the end well then they walk in to get will and they're like oh hannibal what a surprise you can help us solve oh, the yes. case too and he has this cute grin on his face like yes i'm gonna go solve the case with will cool. this day was horrible because he didn't show up to his appointment but now it's awesome I, I the thing where he's like this is very educational <laughs> and i'm like you bitch and you know what that actually that's a nod to um how he gets away in silence of the lambs because he steals an ambulance when after they take him out of baltimore down to tennessee mm-hmm. And he fakes being the, yeah, yeah, the fake cop or whatever. He steals an ambulance to get away. So that's a nod to that he took the tracker out of it. Which makes me wonder when when people talk about the finale, people like how they drive away in a police car. Mm -hmm. So why aren't the police like immediately on their tail? Right. Because he took the tracker out. He took the tracker out. He knows. Because he's been solving cases with Will. He's like, Will, turn your fucking phone off. (laughs) (laughs) Get in the car. (laughs) 
we're gonna go get some takeout <laughs> and then go to my se- secret house that <laughs> gets snowed in in a cabin so my next thing so this is where they i think the reason i didn't i had trouble with this episode is because i take the scene for some reason the scene in the back of the ambulance i i mix with the scene in the mushroom person episode where they go to the pharmacy and then the car i think it's because oh. it's vehicles parked somewhere uh-huh so in the back of that ambulance and i just i wrote myself a note this is rubber glove fetish <laughs> snaps that rubber glove on which is this the same thing in the left uh la fantome ad the car ad oh. when he snaps the glove on to start mixing up the oh, poisons shit. and i was like oh fuck yeah oh wow i don't think anybody else could do it mm. um but it's i said it's the capability kink yeah seeing seeing him like get down to business now a little continuity error i noticed mm-hmm. which is stupid but when he takes his coat off his sleeves are already rolled up because <laughs> you can see when he starts to take one of the sleeves off you can see it all crumpled up right right above his elbow oh, that's funny. So could just to save time i'm sure thank god <laughs> i know but no i wanted to watch him roll his sleeves yeah. up oh, i yeah, can really get true. down to work they could have spared another two minutes yes um but that <laughs> arm whole... porn i just <laughs> That is that is the serious arm porn episode. Um, but I have the will is fascinated and Hannibal loves the attention. Mm-hmm. Like the two of them, like watching each other watch each other. Yep. Will's all like, huh? <laughs> and you think, like the first time you see it, you think, oh, Will somehow th- is he's, getting it together that yeah. he's the you know Chesapeake Ripper. But upon rewatch, Will's probably thinking, hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah! Check out those forearms. <laughs> um, so it's after that that he brings the wine. Oh, to the kitchen. Oh, I love this scene so much. Which <laughs> I'm like, I've seen people like rewrite this and fix where they're like, oh, you know, Will brings like a terrible wine. I'm like, he's not no. incapable. He would go to the wine source ding. somewhere similar, ding, and <laughs> and he would be like, I need like. A $50 bottle of wine. Right. I need a good bottle of wine to impress my friends. And say thank you and for saving somebody's you. life. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, totally. Um, But I like how Hannibal's like, you're going to stay? Oh, oh, my God. But and, when he's like, like, no, I can't stay because I'm just so awful. And, and I have a date with the Chesapeake River. And <laughs> Hannibal's like, mm-hmm. I was like, but I want you to stay just as you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my note says, Hannibal's smitten. <sighs> And, and then, then of course, that that's the bottle of wine, right? Oh, is it the bottle of wine yes. from the finale? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Is that canon? I'm pretty sure. People did screenshots. That's the fucking bottle of wine. Uh, those motherfuckers would do that sort of shit, too. I know. That's what else got me when I saw the bottle. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Speaking of, Jen and I just drank an entire bottle of wine when we were this. Well, I want to say also, yeah, I totally pulled a Will Graham on this because I never buy rosé. So I just walked in there and I bought like the most expensive bottle, which was only $16, but because I didn't have a lot of rosé. But I, and I was thinking at the time, this is what Will would do. He would just go get like a what looked like a good <laughs> bottle. Of wine. This is my dollar rage. That's how I tend, well, this, this amazing wine source we keep talking about. They have a, a section called Starving Artist, which is wine. $10 or under, that doesn't suck. And they put out descriptions. 
And that's where most of my wine. And I've actually taken wine to parties where people are like, this is really good. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you brought some good wine like, over. It, it's anything that says smooth, round, lush, mm-hmm. soft. I, bu- <laughs> I buy that stuff. Anything that says like bright or assertive mm-hmm. or anything, I don't. Because the, to me, that reads as mm. like higher tannins. Mm-hmm. And somebody, there was something going around on Tumblr about wine talking about tannins and taste and what you, because apparently people can detect tannins in different ways. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I need the really soft. Otherwise, I'm like, oh God, it's sour and bitter. Yeah. That's a good way to choose. Yeah. But no, I could see him rolling up in there and be like, okay, my friend's having a dinner party. I don't know who he's serving. Right. I need like a $50 bottle of wine that could go with anything. <laughs> And of course, being a person who cooks a bit, he's doing all this prep and I'm like, what's he prepping ahead of time? How much is he doing now? I'm so glad he has people helping him out. Yeah. And then he has the big dinner party. Got the musical cues on the end there were oh so amazing. God. <laughs> Nothing here is vegetarian. <laughs> they like... Well, I got disturbed because they're clapping and occasionally the people would fall all into cadence with each other and then they'd uh-huh. split off of it. So uh-huh. that was bothering me. I was like, mm. no, either clap together or don't. And I think it's the opera singers there. Mm-hmm. And I think Mrs. Komita. Oh, yeah, she's there. there. Yeah. And Alana's there. Mm-hmm. So I know. I saw Alana at the table. I'm like, what is she thinking? She's like, what a bunch of bullshit. This oh, the whole dinner? <laughs> but apparently that's what – well, there's the – oh, we didn't even talk about the scene with, with Hannibal and – Alana. Oh, yeah. People beer. Oh, people beer. I like, I was like, I love your palate. And I was like, damn, man. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're being super flirty, too. (laughs) Hannibal is super flirty with everybody in this episode. There's, he's like, why didn't we have an affair? I would be like, because she was your student, asshole. She was your (laughs) intern. That's why you didn't sleep together. And the fact that they call, like, like, casual relationships affairs. Yeah. She's like, you're already having an affair. I'm like, a literal one? Or like, it's just- so soap opera mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, just having a short term relationship with somebody is not really an affair. Yeah, but I, don't think. I mean, you know, Hannibal has affairs. I mean, come on. Mm. He's oh, Hannibal. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that whole, I was like, because she's like 15 years younger than you mm-hmm. and was like, a student to your I, – I, that's the thing because I'm guessing she went to Hopkins. So I don't know if your mentor has to be faculty or just somebody in the field. Oh, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, because it would have been ethically wrong for the two of you to be <laughs> sleeping together at that point. Who's talking about ethics? Uh. <laughs> and then is that how the episode ends? With the dinner party? Yeah, the dinner party. I, I, I watched it last night. I was like <gasps> – it ended so quickly. Why is it over? Because <laughs> he's more. like, nothing, he- it's like, nothing here dunk, dunk, is vegetarian. Bunk, bunk. <laughs> that, that was my interpretation of the like little string accents. <laughs> yeah, I wanted there to be more. And it was it. a really good episode. You just want to watch, you're like, no, I'm interested in the food, people. Please keep talking. <laughs> the food was really good too, but yeah, just like all the, the flirtiness and the little yeah. and stuff was just yeah. really good in this episode. I have to apologize. We have a friend who's a classical musician who plays uh, cello professionally, and so my inability to discuss. We should get her. Music. We should get her on and have her discuss music yeah. and in a way that we can't. Oh yeah, and yeah, wine, yeah. Because yeah. she worked for some of Jose. She worked for Haleo, mm-hmm. Jose Andres's restaurant mm-hmm. um, in DC. This is our friend Sam. She is a 
professional cellist if anybody in the dc area needs a cellist she does weddings and events and, and she's fabulous she teaches yeah she teaches um she's also a cat person and a wine person <laughs> she's our kind of person she's she's cheese folk, <laughs> she's folk. oh god <laughs> should be like a code sign for fanables be like are you cheese folk <laughs> That's totally. how we can. That's how we can find each other, despite like the wearing of flower crowns, and which are not always appropriate for the outfit you're in. <laughs> I was trying to think about for small foods if we should wear flower crowns or not. Oh, I think we should. You think we should? Oh, I have to make one. That's not a bad thing. I just have to make one. I'm gonna go. I wear my um, your horn one. My horns, and I'm gonna have flower crown, or maybe just a couple flowers. I don't have a lot of hair anymore to hold them in. Yeah, but definitely dress shirts. I, part of me wants to like to wear a tie just to learn how to tie a tie. Um, how does Hannibal tie his ties? Is it? A I think it's a Windsor. It's a if Windsor you read, it's yeah, it's a very wide knot, one. So probably Windsor oh. or something fancier, but not the standard. But I need to wear a tie that I do <laughs> twice a year. Um, because I'm on stage. Yes, guy yeah. information. <laughs> Justin can tie a tie, <laughs> though I bought him one a couple of years ago. That is the it's the CSM a, panel. From Apollo, from the Apollo space modules, the CS the uh, the control module, the one that didn't land on the moon. Okay, there's the lamb. There's the control module. Yeah, it was some company I found on Etsy. It's a red Aww. silk tie with. No, was I think it was optic. We should link them because they do really good work. I like them. Uh, let's see, he's oh. a geek. He, Justin's a NASA geek, so if you have any <laughs> NASA questions, feel free to email them to us, and he'll talk about them. I will. Um, and if you ever need a like a personal. Uh, guide to the air and space museum in dc Justin's most excellent and he'll answer <laughs> questions i'm like where'd they go to the bathroom he's like, well well they had a bag it has tape on it yeah oh my god didn't always work so there's there's mission audio of them where a piece floats by <laughs> oh god i know yeah, you see, can read yeah, mary yeah, roach and then justin could fill in all the extra Body details for you. in space <laughs> no that's not like pigs in space <laughs> Spatial had some interesting apparatus, but that's yeah. not this podcast. No. I know. That's your other Justin's creating other a podcast podcasts. network inadvertently. <laughs> I like a podcast empire. Oh yeah. yeah. I will rule the podcasts hosted by Billy Dancer friends. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like five of it them is. now or something. Well it will be, but yeah. We'll make sure to rep them when they when they when they get out there. Do you okay, Jen? Yes. Just choking on a cherry. Oh, <laughs> So, um, I have a recommendation. Actually, I have two. Oh, do you? I uh, have one. Oh, no, no, no. That's your note. <laughs> I two and I was like, I forgot Start. one. So, um, the one I have is, uh, my recommendation for this week is the Westworld soundtrack. You can get it on Amazon Have you seen Westworld? I haven't seen it yet. God damn it, we, Amy. <laughs> we have to pay for it. We have to buy it. I, I forgot which station it's on. It's HBO. We don't have HBO. Okay. We have to get HBO. Um, but I've been listening to the soundtrack because I heard the um, version of exit music mm. for a film mm-hmm. that's on it. So it's really good. It's a combination of like 90s uh, alternative rock pop music done on player piano and Blade Runner-esque symphonic soundtrack music. It's really good. It's, so it's like they were like... Amy, we found your niche. 
It's really good. And when you do see the show, it's used so perfectly okay. in the episodes. It's- to listen to it, to just listen to the music, sometimes the player piano stuff gets a little twee. Like, yeah. But I'm sure in context. It's in context, it's great. And then um, Hannibal Tie-In, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Is fucking awesome in it. Okay. So every I saw people like saying it was fantastic. So yeah, it's really good. I do want to get to. It. I think I'm gonna f- watch Sherlock, and then I actually need to look at because okay, so American Gods they're gonna be showing some of it at South by South. That's what West. I heard. Which when does that happen in the summertime? No. Oh no, it's before that. Oh, like, like soon. Sometime between now and the spring. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. We got Brooke because she sometimes goes. Um, so there'll be that. And I think they're like, that's going to be sort of the kickoff. Mm -hmm. So it'll start airing shortly afterwards. And I, it's going to be, it's on stars, which black sales is on, which I wanted to watch. So I was like, Oh, you're just going to get a subscription through Amazon. Start to pace. They're going to show, um, parts of American gods at the Neil Gaiman reading that I'm going to in February in New York. So I'm very excited about that. I will admit I was a little irritated, did you read the article Amanda Palmer interviewed? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. She's really annoying. <laughs> if I don't know if anybody, you all have probably read this, but it was an um, uh, Amanda Palmer was interviewed, and she was talking about our whole horrible President Trump future. And she was saying, oh, this will be like the Weimar Republic, where people mm. went underground to create amazing subversive art. There's and there's so much great art made. And as people pointed out, first off, the Weimar Republic came before the Nazis, mm-hmm. not during, because that was the oppression of everything that had mm-hmm. gone beforehand. There was a great flowering before oppression. Uh, secondly, she is in a position where her and Neil Gaiman have been offered artistic travel visas to Australia, mm-hmm. I think it is, so that they could freely move between the US and mm-hmm. Australia for the next five years. Isn't that so nice? It is nice to have that. It is super nice. To so they can about, make yeah. some fabulous art for all us folk that are dying in the fucking streets. <laughs> so and the thought that they and she actually says something like along the lines of like, having a small child and being able to take them out of the States yeah. right now. And I'm like, yeah, and what about the people who don't have the options? Mm hmm. Well, that plus the whole, and now we're going to make great art. I'm like, you know, people, so people have, don't have the luxury. Well, and people have been making great art, but it's not lifted up to the, to the, you know, the, the white art that you're making. There's mm-hmm. like, there is shit being made. It's mm-hmm. just not getting out there because it's made by people of color and made by people, you know, it's just like the whole, her whole thing got on my nerves so <laughs> i don't even know that i got through the article i was like this is i read it i read it so i could accurately be like class bullshit <laughs> that's what i read the whole thing so i could be like Rrr. yeah um which actually and sorry that background to the beginning of the podcast reminds me of when we were talking about rogue one mm-hmm. and i linked to tessa gratton's tumblr post about rogue one where Yay, it's great that they had more people of color, but it's literally about building a white rebellion on the bones mm-hmm. of people of color mm-hmm. who died for your thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I had a recommendation that went into a rant. Woo! <laughs> yes. Oh, Westworld soundtrack. Yes. Amanda Palmer. Yay, no. Amanda Palmer for full disclosure, I was actually in her uh, backup band, the 
Yeah, Justin was a part of the whole controversy of her having um, unpaid yeah. amateur musicians to be to be um, backup musicians. So a there's been years many ago. impassioned conversations with friends about I mean, on every side is, of it. But yeah, it's bullshit saying like you guys will do great. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> I'll well, see you later. <laughs> the thing is, I love the Dresden Dolls, mm-hmm. and then I think it went from like her being a problematic fave. To her just being a problem. straight out being a problem. Mm-hmm. And like that last article that we just talked about was kind of like the end of the line for mm-hmm. me. Now, Neil, I love, so I don't know how I'm going to like. He also knows that he doesn't have to talk about everything. Yeah. Well, he has that luxury. Yeah. Look, he wrote a book on Norse mythology. I'm going to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a sausage fest. <laughs> so wait, what was your... Um... Oh, wait, let me get it because I, there's a quote that I want to read. So there was this somebody post on Tumblr. I have no idea who. Um, a link to um, an article by somebody who wrote about um, the... So I didn't even know Brian Fuller did this. This is what really blew my mind. I'm reading it. Oh, okay. I was like, if your phone's not working, I can give <laughs> no, you No, no, it's tablet. here. Um, this is what really blew my mind is the article is all about the visual style of Hannibal and how um, Brian Fuller saw it as a juxtaposition between Edward Hopper and Francis Bacon. And this made my art school heart like sing. Uh, yeah, because as soon as I read it, I was like, Oh my God, it is like it is. It just is. I don't know if I'm, so let me read you. So the article, which is really great and has, um, visual, uh, examples of both artists in it, in case you're not familiar with the artists, um, starts out with a quote from Brian Fuller that says, for me, I understood because I'm obsessed with both of these artists that Hannibal was going to be a juxtaposition of the artistic styles of Francis Bacon against Edward Hopper. That really was the informing vision for the show. Will Graham is very much Edward Hopper. Hannibal Lecter is very much Francis Bacon. And what happens to those when those two worlds come crashing together? And then the article goes into discussing Edward Hopper and the paintings and also screenshots of Will alone in this little house in the middle of the darkness and the light and everything. And then talks about Hannibal and Francis Bacon and the crazy nightmare world of Francis Bacon. First of all, I love both these artists too. So I was like, this is just more proof that Brian Fuller and I need to become best friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's what this is about. Um, But the article itself just lays it out really well. And um, it totally sort of like made me think about Hannibal in a whole nother way and now when i see an edward hopper painter it's just uh, edward, edward hopper painting it's just gonna be like i'm gonna think of will graham <laughs> <laughs> so go really? read it because it only had like 56 notes on tumblr oh. and i don't understand why i wonder if even though fresh meat fridays is usually um thick i wonder if you could recommend it for that yeah that'd be good oh. yeah yeah oh. yeah well we'll post it but anyway, that's my recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Look at some art. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Go look at art. I know. Which I told 
when we when there was the decision to not do our lady vacation, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to take a day and go look at some. Art. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to be involved in that. I was thinking of just staying in Baltimore because it's easier than doing a trip to DC. Yeah, but I was thinking maybe the BMA. Yeah, we could do we could and do the ladies who lunch. Yeah, so we could have lunch, and if we extend it long enough, we could also go to dinner. We could go to Clavel. Oh, I am so down for that. I would totally take yeah, off a day and do that. Yeah. Clavel is this uh, amazing Mexican restaurant that is literally. I mean, and I'm not saying that in a Chris Traeger way. I'm saying that they, like, <laughs> literally next to the building I work in. Like, I walk out of the door. I walk down the side of the building. I walk into Taunted their door. Taunted by tequila. What? Taunted by tequila. It is haunted mm. by tequila. Um, oh, Wilma came up to see us. It's another one of our cats. Um, they're all hoping that um, food is going to miraculously appear. But this place is uh, – it is um, a sister – bar and restaurant to another bar and it is uh mexican food the guy who owns it is from i think sinaloa and his aunt and mom helped him come up with the recipes and they have this crazy tequila agave menu i mean it is extensive and it's really good and if you make it for happy hour it's real cheap (laughs) i think we should go see art and then make it for happy hour i'll be like i didn't come to work today but i'm still (laughs) at work afterwards (laughs) so um but yeah, if you're in Baltimore, Clavel is, it's really, really good. It gets super crowded. They actually put up like, it's not in the most scenic area. It's in Remington, which <laughs> mm-hmm. is a, it's not really an up and coming neighborhood of Baltimore because it's kind of made it. Um, but the part I work in is the slightly like more industrial section. And so it's not really scenic, but they have outside patio or not even a patio. They have a sidewalk <laughs> with picnic tables and they put up one of these, like clear plastic greenhouses over there outside so that with lights so that they can have oh. outside all year. Oh, cool. Like space. It's right next to like a BGD substation. That sounds like Baltimore. I mean, yeah. Baltimore, it is Baltimore. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> but it's really, God, their queso fundido cheese dip is amazing. Oh my God. Now I want to go now. I know. Well, it's, <laughs> we talked about a weekend in February. Okay. We'll go look at art. We'll Let's be like, look, it. there's some art. Let's go get some tequila. <laughs> So that's it. That's We're it good for today. We've stocked for forever. Um, so visit Headful of Hannibal at headfulofhannibal.com, Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hannibal, sorry, Headful of Hanny on Twitter. You can call us at 302-404-HEAD to ask questions, leave comments, or rant at us about our episode uh, pronunciations. <laughs> Even the ones that we know that we've got in the bag. Call us up. Let's fight. Yep. And if you listen on (laughs) iTunes, please leave a rating so people can find us. So thanks for joining us today for uh, episode nine, Sorbet. Which we could pronounce Sorbet. Um, And Jen, don't go in the murder basement because there's something going on with our hot water heater and it's getting a little scary down there. What? (laughs) What?